Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you again, sir. Awesome, always. You know, it's, a, it's always a great start of the week. You know, sometimes we may be a day late, but normally every Monday we've been doing this for, and I guess based on our calls, because we just celebrated our 100th podcast, which is crazy, right? So, um, you know, we, we've been doing this for quite some time, close to two years, which is exciting. Yeah, now this is the 101, uh, 101st, I guess you'd say, podcast. And right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm especially excited for the topic today because um, I, I think sometimes uh, we as school owners are overworked um, and we, and we uh, over, uh, overextend ourselves and we think right. that we have to have our hands in way too many things. Uh, in order to be successful. And so, uh, at, at least on this topic today, I think we want to kind of uh, pull the reins back a little bit and, uh, and, and talk a little bit, uh, a little bit something different, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah, we, every week we're always, you know, um, you know, system based, you know, marketing based, business based. And um, one thing that I've learned, and, and I hate to say as I got older, cause you know, now I'm, you know, uh, I guess technically I'm a little bit past my midlife, you know, which is, depends on how long I live. Uh, you know, I'm going to be uh, 52 this year. So uh, I'll be happy if I live to 80 or 90 years old. Right. But so anyway, I mean, I look at it and I say to myself, you know, how, how long do I want to be full throttle? How long do I want to teach white belt classes, you know, or whatever the case may be. And then what is it that I work so hard for? You know, what, what, what is your, you know, I guess it would be your, uh, the goal in life for, um, you know, for the reason why you do what you do, you know, what is the purpose? And I think that this is a struggle. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm actually in my backyard, um, sitting in the outside and my dogs are on the deck barking. So if you hear them, that's why they're trying to get my attention, but, um, I'm sitting by my waterfall on my pool. Um, even though it's cold, you know, I keep the pool open an extra few few weeks so that I could just enjoy the sound of the waterfall and, you know, hanging out by the pool, even though that I might be in like a sweatshirt now. So anyway, I asked myself, like, <laughs> why, why do I do what I do? You know, like, why am I, what's going to make me happy at the end of the day? You know what I mean? What makes you happy? What makes all the listeners that are on this call happy? Like, you know, we struggle to work and pay bills. Sometimes it seems like we're just churning and churning and turning like in the hamster wheel, running, running, running. We get off the hamster wheel. It keeps on spinning until the momentum winds down and we go home and we hit the pillow and wake up and, you know, fall asleep, wake up the next day. Sometimes we don't even spend time with the ones we love or we, people say things all the time like, Hey, I haven't been to a movie in years. You know, I haven't been on vacation in years. Well, what the heck is the sense? I wonder, I wonder if maybe homeless people, and, and I'm not being negative or facetious, but people who are just like vagabonds wandering around, you know, those young college kids that just kind of go to the beach and hang out in Thailand and, you know, they hardly have any money and they sleep on people's couches. If, if they maybe have the right answer at times, maybe they've discovered what happiness truly is, right? Does that, any of that make sense? Well, it makes perfect sense, and I, you know, to make sure that we're not alluding to what we're talking to today is is uh, the topic is really on the quality of life for yourself as a school owner, as a business owner, um, because we can be overworked, um, 
and I guess the phrase goes along with it, underpaid. But we, we definitely can be overworked, and sometimes we have our, our hands in, in too many things because we believe that the quote-unquote industry says that we have to do all these things, um, you know, undefined things at the moment right now and during this conversation, but these quote-unquote things that we have to do in order to be successful when that's not necessarily true. Um, and, and we'll kind of cover some of that as we go through. But if you think about uh, individuals on, on their deathbed or towards the end of their life, we all know, and this is the cliche, we all know that they didn't say, I wish I would have worked more. You know, uh, right. It, 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 right. Really, it really comes down to the, the relations, uh, relationships that they uh, had or that they didn't have, um, and they wish that they would have had more time to be able to uh, be able to spend with those individuals, those loved ones, or make, you know, or the ability to be able to have time to make different relationships as well. And they couldn't because yeah. they spent so much time working um, at the business. And you know what, too? It's really important to understand um, and have clarity on what you really want out of life. You know, like, for example, I'm going to use college kids, you know, uh, as an example. They go to school. You know, the society tells them get good grades in, in junior high, then go on to high school. Get great grades in high school, then go on to a really good college. Get really good grades in college and move on to a really good job, right? And then – um, then they're right in what we call, what I call, and, you know, Rob Kiyosaki calls from the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, um, you know, going in the rat race. And then every day, and that's why I try to tell um, my daughter's mom, you know, my daughter is going on to college. You know, you've got some college-graduated children yourself. And um, what they don't realize is now they're just going to be working every day, you know, and they're, you know, enjoy life, but, you know, they could flounder for three years undecided on what they want to do in their career and then they could bounce around and, and there are a lot, a lot of 30 and 40 year olds really now who haven't asked themselves the questions, what am I going to do when I grow up? You know, and I think that that, that's a big thing is to decide what you want, like what makes you happy. Sometimes people can't even identify that. Like what makes you happy? It could be something as simple as a fine dining at restaurants or cooking at home or, you know, going to a kickboxing class or MMA or whatever, like, and, you know, family time, movies, TV, like, what is it that makes you happy? That's the real question. Right. Yeah. And I just want to throw this out there. This is the, the top, top five regrets of the dying. And, and as we're going to see, none of it has to do with, with building your business more. Um, but, you know, it says, I wish that I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not a life others expected of me. I mean, isn't that so true that we, we oh my God. live the life that, that uh, people expect of me? That's number one. The second one is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. The third right. one is, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. The fourth one is, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And the fifth one is, I wish I had let uh, myself be happier. Now, obviously, right. if you own your own business with, with regards to what we're talking about, specifically in our, uh, us martial arts school owners, there should be some some fulfillment, like with number five. We should be happy uh, of the of the business that we've built and the individuals that we've helped and uh, right the students that we have made better, the parents that we have made better. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping that that's not w- one of the regrets that we have. But sometimes we can focus so much in on that avenue that we don't spend time uh, with our with our loved ones. And I and I do want to say that. 
uh, Allie and I are going to be talking about uh, sp- some specific things that we've done in our lives to, uh, in, in, in just a little bit, but some specific things that we've done in our lives to make sure that we've blocked out time uh, to be able to do the, thing, the things that we uh, want to do. And primarily, I would say the first thing is, and I think you would agree with me on this, Allie, is you do have to spend time, uh, first and foremost, working on your business and not in your business so you can have the freedom to be able to do the other things that you want to do in life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's without a shadow of a doubt. And so being a uh, an entrepreneur, you know, your own uh, boss comes with that big responsibility of uh, working really, really hard uh, in, in your business to make sure that you can um, – create the systems that we talk about on these podcasts to uh, delegate, uh, but uh, not abdicate, but delegate, but then even also duplicate yourself so that you don't have to be the same individual pulling the same lever at the same time. You have other individuals that are um, trained to be able to do that. And in some cases, some of those individuals are better in those positions than you even are, which I know right. that might be hard for some of us to swallow, but that's really, as an entrepreneur, that's what we have to do is we have to find individuals that have the strengths where our weaknesses are and allow them to be able to uh, uh, play in that area without, um, you know, with boundaries, of course, but, but really without limits to a certain degree so that they can carry our business even farther than we would have been able to do that. Of course, that's a totally different topic, but I want to come up with, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, give some actionable things so that the listeners aren't just hearing us say, well, we should be appreciative and we should be grateful and we should spend time. I, I, I right. want all of us to know, okay, yes, those are all true, but how do we, how do we do it? Um, okay. Could, could we, Dwayne, time. yeah, go ahead. Could, could we, could we hold that thought real quick? And I just want to clarify to, to the listeners. Some of you may or may not want to have a big school. You may not want to have a staff. You may enjoy, and I know many martial artists that enjoy, you know, their three days a week of teaching martial arts. You might not even be in it to make make money. You might not even be in it to, you know, I know many good school owners that are honorable, incredible martial artists that actually take money out of their day job to pay for their martial art habit and teach. And that's all fine. Nothing that we're saying means that you have to be the model of what we call, and quote fingers are up, martial art business successful school owners or entrepreneurs. Although that, that's what you and I teach because the side part of that is if you do it right, you can enjoy everything that you do. Now, one other point of clarity too is, is that we have to always understand what we want out of life, why we opened up our school in the first place. And, and I'll give you a quick example. I ran a tournament this past weekend over 300 and something, 50 competitors, somewhere around there, great tournament. And I have one guy, he has been doing martial arts for like 50 years. Um, He's in his early 60s, and he's talking to me, great martial artist, by the way, too, great technician. Um, And he's like, yeah, Ali, I I just can't take it anymore. I'm going to have to punish the parents, and I may even close the school down. People are bouncing checks to me. They're complaining in the lobby. They're creating headaches. They're always on, you know, on my back about stupid things like why he didn't get his belt and yada, yada, yada. Typical story. I always say, you know, we, I hear this all over the world. It doesn't matter. Australia, England, you know, uh, throughout the UK, London, uh, you know, I mean, not London, but Scotland. Um, and it's the same story, right? So we have to find out what makes us upset 
and what we what makes us happy. And by the way, in my latest book that I did, The Five Gateways to Happiness, um, I basically have this one chapter, which is just a silly thing, but it's really effective where I write an I hate list. And I just sit at my computer for, you know, 30 minutes or as long as I can. I just, number one, I hate, you know, uh, I don't know, when people write bad about me on YouTube. I hate when, uh, you know, I get involved in arguments on Facebook. I hate when my bills aren't paid. And I go, you just keep on going until your keyboard is on fire. And then you do an I love list of all the things that enhance your life. I love music. I love sitting down watching movies. I love spending time paddle boarding. And then you go in and you create a system to eliminate the I hate by saying, okay, well, if I just hit the delete button or or, um, delete comments button on YouTube, I don't have to hear people's negative comments. So I'll just get rid of that, you know, and and go through your list of I hate and, and strategically eliminate them. And then go through the list of all the things you love that you care about and take that and enhance it, recognize it, and do it more. And the same thing goes for your business, right? If you enjoy teaching a certain age group, well, teach that age group. If you don't enjoy teaching another age group, hire someone, like you said before, that's good at teaching that age group. You know, but, but have them teach the morals and integrity that you love, but you just don't have to be there for the three- to four-year-olds, maybe. Does, does that sound like it makes sense? Absolutely, and if you don't like selling your program, uh, although, I mean, obviously the floor should sell it, then you need to create a system and a training uh, procedures that, that uh, um, you know, allow you to be able to sell your program without you selling it. You could train somebody else right. to do it, or you could have other systems like I have set up that, you know, I don't really have a salesperson, quote, unquote, because of how I right. run it. So, um, right. yeah, you just, you find the things that, I love what you said, because you find the things that you hate, and then you, you go through those and you try to delete as many of those out of your life as possible. Some you can just cut right off. Um, right. You know, by not paying, att- by not paying attention to them, like you said, don't even allow comments to, to happen. Or you could have somebody right. else look at, look at the comments and find the positive ones and share just the positive ones right. with you. Um, you know, that type of thing. And it's not that you, I, I get what you're saying because it's not that you don't, um, want to hear, uh, constructive criticism but just some people are just right. mean and you don't even need to to be involved with that so um yeah yeah and that that is that is a chapter in your book that is beautiful by the way oh thank you and, and it's a small book a tiny book you know it's a, and, and by the way it, it's free if for whoever wants it all you have to do is pay the shipping and handling and maybe we could pop up the link on it and it has a lot of other cool little fun things but anyway this is not about the book um, but, and one other thing I wanted to point out at this tournament, I almost literally almost, well, I didn't, I, can't, I didn't almost, um, but I could have gotten into a fist fight with one of the parents who is a so-called martial artist, um, high ranking master. And he has this little gorgeous little, um, seven or eight year old kid who's phenomenal at what she does, but she didn't get good scores. She actually hit herself doing the weapon caught that like grazed her ear and hit herself in the leg. So she got less points. So the guy comes over, he flashes his badge from some Suedo or karate organization that he's in, you know, they, I, I don't know that even if they exist anymore, you know, do you know who I am? And, you know, he starts belittling one of my judges who happens to be one of my top ranking students. And my top ranking student is talking to him and try. And the guy is like, do you even know what style she does? That's part of the kata. I go, sir, hitting yourself in the head is never part of any kata. I've never, I've never seen that in any martial arts. So anyway, he's like, you know, you want to go outside with me? Let's go outside right now. I'm like, God, you have to have some respect. You need to learn to be a martial artist in front of your daughter. And anyway, the reason why I brought this up is because I kind of felt bad for the guy in a way because he's living vicariously through her. 
and he wants her to be amazing, but he doesn't see that his words and his actions are going to do damage. So we have to be really careful that we watch what we do, watch what we say, and live a life that's pure and true to us. Because sometimes we're living someone else's model of who we should be. And, Dwayne, you and I see this with school owners all the time where they're trying to be, you know, high-powered salespeople, and they're trying to listen to all the coaches, and they want to be, you know, this kind of, I don't know, uh, you know, rebel kind of guy where they, cur- they curse on their videos. And, you know, it's just weird to me to see, like, some people don't even really know who they are. So I think that part of this lesson is to discover that. You know, you don't have to be in everything karate school. You could be a, like you are more a specialist in, mar- in the kids and the younger ones, yeah. right? Some schools are specialists in the adults. But you don't have to feel bad if, you know, some schools, and I do everything, but I sometimes struggle, you know, going like, okay, well, we're in everything school, but yeah, who are we really? Do we concentrate most on the kids? Do we concentrate most on the adults? So it's not a problem looking at yourself and, and making a decision and then following that, that ideal. Exactly, exactly. So um, with, with regards to quality of life for our, um, you know, us as a martial arts business school owner, um, let's give some actionable things that we all can do uh, to, and I'll start off, but to, that we all okay. can do to make sure that our quality, quality of life is better. Now, some of these things you, you may um, find that you don't want to do, and that's okay. Just with right. this podcast, just soak in what you want, and 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 even the things that you don't want, maybe ponder, um, you know, why we're doing them. But first is, I know what I do with regards to my time. Um, every November, uh, I sit down and I take a look at the next year, and I close. I I want to say it's like five and a half, you know, maybe six and a half weeks out of the year. Okay, and so. That's a beautiful vacation. So what I do, uh, we're closed two weeks um, for Christmas time. Now, right. that doesn't, you know, I could do this, but I don't. I don't do the day camps, you know. So I do miss out on that opportunity to be able to make money and do day camps. But that's not my love. It's not my passion. Even if I can make money with it, I personally don't want the headache. But that's me. Mm-hmm. So I close, right. I close two weeks for, for that. Always in February, I close for the President's Day, but there's two days. And now let me just preface this. If I close for one day that's on a Monday, I always close Tuesday because the way my program is structured, we, you either come Monday, Wednesday, or you come Tuesday, Thursday. So when I close on a Monday, I also close on a Tuesday. So President's Day is on a Monday, so I close on Tuesday. So I get two days off there. Um, when we move into like any of the, the uh, oh, I, I take a week for spring break. So whenever my kids are off, and I only have one child left that's in high school, um, but whenever they were off, I would take that, that same week off too. So we would be closed mm-hmm. for spring break. Um, Labor Day, Memorial Day, we always close that Monday and that Tuesday. Also, um, I close a week for 4th of July. So whenever 4th of July falls, if 4th of July falls on a, on a, uh, uh, a Saturday or a Sunday, I'll decide whichever I want, whether I want to take the, the week prior or the week, uh, you know, after. Uh, it really doesn't matter, but I, I normally will take the week after off just because uh, I usually go boating. My uncle owns a marina, and I can go there after the 4th of July when it's not as busy. So, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? So I close yeah. that, uh, you know, one of those, one of those weeks. 
And then we also close um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, of course, Saturday, Sunday, for um, Thanksgiving. And then we also close for, and I just did this this year, for Columbus Day. So Columbus Day is always on a Monday, so we close Monday, so we'll close Monday and Tuesday. This is the first year that I've done that. And the only reason I did it was because I get so many calls on that day, and nobody expects, you know, hardly anybody expects me to be open. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to close. Um, right. And then lastly, if Halloween falls like it does this year on a Monday, we will close Monday and Tuesday as well. So just okay. keep that in mind. I mean, that's about six and a half, seven weeks, whatever that comes out to be. And, and, and that's everything shut down. So, you know, besides I'll have either my program director or my head instructor go in and check messages, you know, once a day and follow up with people, uh, other than that, nothing's happening in there. I don't have to – it doesn't have to be on my mind. It's completely shut down. And so that's the first thing that I do. The second thing that I did and, – and, oh, by the way, I will tell you, I want to give um, – and you might know him anyways, but um, Mike Pace was the one – person that I learned that from about closing. I remember the first year that I did it, and I had talked to him about it prior to, um, and he's like, yeah, nobody's going to complain. And you know what? I, I, over the, we've been doing this for 18, or school's been open for 18 years. We've probably been closing like this uh, for about 15 years now, and I very rarely do I hear anything about it, you know. And if you do, I mean, it's, you just have to explain what it, what it's all about. So, um, so that's the first thing I do. Second thing that I did was, or do you want to say anything before I go to the second thing? Well, no, the, the one thing that, well, I do, I'll just say one thing is that you're right though. I, I've actually had the same similar experience. We close maybe similar days. I might not close slight as much as you slightly less than you. Um, but you're right though. No one ever, ever complains. And by the way, my, I learned this from one of my good friends. He follows the school system. So he even closes on all the Jewish holidays. He closes any calendar that the school system is closing. His dojo is closed. So if they're closed for Columbus Day, if they're closed for a Veterans Day, if they're closed for, uh, you know, uh, whatever, he closes his dojo. And no one really questions it. And, um, and like you said, as long as it's, that's the way it is when people come in, um, that's, the, that's what people are going to know as part of the way you run your business. They, at that point, they could always look at it and go, hey, I don't believe in this, and I'm not joining this school. But once they join, they join into the culture that you've created. So absolutely, I absolutely. think that's great. And if, I, have, I have clients that they, I'm like, are you closed? It's, uh, I don't know, it's a whatever holiday. Um, no, 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 I'm open on the weekend. I'm like, dude, it's 4th of July weekend. That's okay. People will go to their parties after the holiday, you know, <laughs> or after I, my class. And, but, you know, for that individual, he loves to be at his dojo. So he's doing it selfishly for himself because he likes to be there. So for others that maybe want to be with their family, don't ever feel guilty about it. It's something that you could easily do and be okay with, and no one's going to complain. Right. You know the so the, the other up. thing that I the other yeah I was gonna say the other thing that I did was I was uh, I got tired of uh, being open on Saturdays and running classes right. on Saturdays. So I, I structured everything so now everything runs a. Um, Monday through Friday, and my bulk of my classes are, are, are Monday through Thursday. We have special events for private lessons and what have you on Fridays, and then Saturday and Sunday we're closed. Now, I do have um, birthday parties and, and other special events from time to time, like black belt testings or, or pre-tests and stuff like that, uh, that'll happen on a Saturday, but 
if you think about it, um, I, I might personally do eight eight to ten Saturdays a month, if that. And I think that's stretching it. Um, but right. or not a month, excuse me, a year, a year. And right. uh, and it's for a certain time frame. You know, maybe it's only two hours or three hours just because of the special event. But I do have on Saturdays. Uh, birthday parties, but I have trained staff to do those birthday parties, so I don't have to be there at all. Uh, right. Truth be told, if if I had to go back and do the birthday parties myself, even though they do make money, I I, I would just I wouldn't do birthday parties. <laughs> right, right. That's yeah, just I, where, I the done, point that I'm at. Yeah, I haven't done a birthday party in probably like ten years at my school. So I mean, I'd rather probably have you stab me in the eye with one of your. Uh, Filipino martial art knives, you know, then <laughs> then do a birthday party. But however, look at I'm I'm 52. You, you know, you're younger than I am by about 10 years. Um, you know, so but at the same time, you get to a level where you have a certain tolerance for the things that you like and certain tolerance for the things you don't like. And that's where I look at that quality of life. And uh, you know, we have to be careful that we're not going in and tortured by our lives that we create. That's a part of what you just said was a really impactful statement that if I didn't have the staff, which you do, which is phenomenal because you built a team that could do stuff that you don't want to do, but you said it. If you didn't have the staff, you wouldn't even do it. And, and I don't blame you. And that's where people have to recognize that sometimes when you build a machine, a model, um, that maybe the machine doesn't include you having to pull the lever every single time something goes on um, because if you do have to pull the lever, you're going to hate your life of being there pulling that lever every day, if that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, right. So, okay, cool. I, you know, yeah. I, I was going to say I'm going to selfishly throw this out there because, um, you know, you had said that you had a meeting with your um, uh, the tournament circuit team, uh, and, right. and you were actually, actually complimenting or talking about me with regards to the, the, yeah. the fact that I'm only open five days a week. Right. Absolutely. I mean, so, I, I definitely, I love that you built the, you know, you built the machine around what you, like, hey, I'll give you an example. Like certain, certain people might love golf. Like let's just use Trump. Let's not forget about he's a president, but he's on everyone's minds right now, whether he's running, but he loves golf. So he built golf courses so he could go, I'm sure, and go, Hey, I'm going to go to Mar-a-Lago. I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to go to Scotland. I'm going to play in something that I love on a place that I like. It's almost like, you know, uh, I don't know, you love hotels and you love spending time in them. So if you're wealthy enough, you build a whole bunch of hotels all over the world so you could go to your own hotels. It's about building the life of your dreams. That's what we're talking about here today, that quality of life, the things that put a smile on your face that make you happy. Well, and what are some things that you've done to help carve out time for the things that make you happy? I've, I've spoke probably too much now, and I've not let you give some of yours. Well, well, if one thing I could say to you is that, well, not, and I never, ever say one thing. So let me, if there, if there are a bunch of things I could say, um, are, are, is this. If throughout my life, as a business owner and a martial arts school owner, even as an entrepreneur, my priorities have changed multiple times. So understand that you don't have to be on one, one train track going in one direction. You are always able to add in some more tracks and veer off to the right or go to the left. You, you could build a model that today is perfect for you and then change it along the way, right? So I realized long ago that when I was younger and I was filled, you know, filled with energy and, and you know, 
I wanted to be, you know, the, you know, the next martial art, you know, king. I wanted everyone to train in ninjutsu. I, I, my style was the best. And I was building schools all over the world, you know, trying to conquer that. Um, that was great for me then, you know. And then I started buying real estate and, you know, bought like 12 or 14 buildings, you know, and that was great then. You know, now I'm at a different part of my life where I realize, like, you know, maybe back then I could have slowed down a little bit and took more time to enjoy my 30s because now that I'm in my 50s, I'm like, wow, I wish I could have done that in my 30s because I was in better shape or, you know, I had much more energy, you know, that kind of thing. So it really all depends on who you are at the time you are. So if we're doing this meeting right now and people are thinking from wherever they're at right at this moment in time, it's not about what you could have done in the past. It's about what you're going to do in the future. And it's all about discovering the things. And I, I mean, I hate to say it, but just like in my book, go through the I hate list and eliminate those hates. Go through the I love list and, 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 and you know, addition, add on to and enhance the things that you love. But for me, it's the simple things in life now. You know, I'm happy when my bills are paid. I'm happy when I'm putting money away. I'm happy when I can spend time with my daughter and my girlfriend and cook a really cool meal and play board games. I mean, how boring and simple does that sound? But those are the things that we don't watch a really funny movie like we watched a movie with The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart. I forget the name of it. He's a CIA operative. But it was so fun. We laughed out loud. You know, it was one of those movies that were funny. Um, you know, it's the simple things in life. You know, I think more now, I just want to have enough money in the bank so that I could survive if I ever got sick and that my daughter has a legacy to follow. And um, I don't want to be stressed every day. I'm going to just quickly add on a story. I, I'm reading a book by Bill O'Reilly called Killing Kennedy. Um, the book is outstanding. Anyway, long story short, I'm like, wow, let me – he talked about a documentary that Jackie Kennedy did on the White House when they first got in there. So I said, hey, let me see if this is available on YouTube. The, the magic of YouTube, there's the documentary. It's a 49-minute documentary. Well, I'm watching the documentary – I realized one thing, and I showed it to my daughter. She's like, I, I'm like, she, she, my daughter says to me, this is the slowest thing I've ever seen. I'm so bored. It, they, the pace that they speak and the pace that they do their edits on the documentary is quite unbelievable to see the difference from then to now. Like Jacqueline Kennedy might say, uh, oh, look at the presidential picture of George Washington. No joke. It takes one second, two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, Five seconds they edit to the photo. So you're literally staring at just a wall until they finally got the edit in there, right? And she talks so slow and everyone is so relaxed. And I said to myself, oh, my God, this would be an awesome time to live. Because right now, yeah. if we watch that, that 54 minutes of TV, it would have been about 18 minutes with commercials. They would have been like, check out the presidential thing. Bing, it would write right on it. Boom, let's go. And, and, they, you know, like, and they just speak fast like I do now. And um, what a different lifestyle. So I, you have to ask yourself, like, oh, my gosh, what is, uh, you, know, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Are we, are we going to just keep on, like my poor dad who passed away, he was broke, and I uh, loved the guy. He was just a great guy, great person, funny person. Um, but he had no money. He always worked. He always spent way more than he made. Um, he was a perfect example for me to, to follow what not to do. And um, phenomenal person, retired police officer, no real retirement um, and, you know, he always said to me things like, oh, I wish I could have gone to all the places you went, Allie. And then I, I also felt bad because I didn't take them with me. Right. But, you know, but who wants to live a life of regret? Like you said, on the, when you started with your list of the five things that we regret. 
Right, right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to throw this in here because you didn't mention it, but you had your mom uh, here for the last two weeks, and you got to spend time with her because she doesn't live, uh, you know, near you. And, right. And she was able to come up, and um, and you yeah. were able to actually spend quality time with her because, I mean, you did work, but you were actually able exactly. to spend quality time because of the – because of the structure that you've built in your life to be able to do those type of things. Yeah, well, you and I are on the phone doing our meeting, and my mom's sitting in my office chair behind me just relaxing and listening. And, you know, um, you know she's there with me. It's just the presence of mind, you know. Um, you got to meet her via Skype, you know. And, um, but at the same time, you're right, though. It's like I was, I, if I had a job, a nine-to-fiver, that I had to be in a cubicle, my mom would have been sitting here at my house all day, and when I got home, we'd spend a few hours and then fall asleep. However, I have a lifestyle, and I have to say, sometimes I feel incredibly lucky but incredibly lazy. Um, and, uh, and it's not because I don't work hard. It's just because I, I literally live the life of a retired man. I mean, most people don't have the freedom that I have unless they retired, you know, uh, where I could wake up when I want, go to sleep when I want, not work if I don't want to, go where I want, travel where I want. As long as the bills are paid and I'm churning in the money and making the money and helping my team grow and keep my businesses going – it allows me what I call freedom. I'm buying my own freedom. I'm buying my own happiness by working smart, working hard, and being able to do the things in life. I don't want to die, whether it be now, if I got killed in a car tonight, or in 25 years saying, oh, I wish I would have spent more time when my daughter was growing up. I wish I would have spent time, more time with my girlfriend, um, and now we're broken up because I was so busy working. You know, I want to be able to look back and go, this is the – you know, this is a good life that I live, and, you know, and that's important for those people out there. And I know it sounds kind of altruistic and, you know, you know, um, I don't know, spiritual, but, I mean, as business owners, we could carve that out just like you have. You've made your schedule to what you like in your life. So uh, my hat's off to you, Dwayne. Well, thank you. And I just think it's practical. I don't know that it's uh, anything more than it's just, it's practical. Uh, uh, right. I mean, it can, it can, can it be spiritual? Certainly. I, I, I imagine if you want to put that along with it, but uh, you know, and I'm not opposed to that. What I'm saying is that it's, it's just practical living. Um, yeah. You know, and then I will just add this on because this is going to help you with your quality of life. I wish this is what I wish somebody would have told me this when I first started. Um, and I never really understood it. Uh, when I first heard it, it took me a while to really get it. Um, and this may not sound like it has to do with, uh, uh, you know, having the, 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 the um, quality of life, but it really is, is to pay yourself first. Right. And, um, I, again, I know this isn't talking about blocking out time and spending time with your family, but what Ali said is, you know, he wants to be able to, uh, he's, like, he's basically retired. And part of the reason that he's basically retired is because throughout his life he was doing things, and I'm sure not perfectly all the time, but uh, right. doing oh, things yeah, definitely to not. Uh, you know, set himself up and pay himself first. So a simple way to pay yourself first, and whether you're going to do it and invest in the stock market or uh, you know whatever, you do need to um, right off the top decide that you're going to um, uh, take some sort of percentage out, whether it's 10% or whatever, but you you do need to do that, um, and I was trying to think of the uh, the book that I read that kind of um, I think it was Dan Kennedy's book, the No BS Wealth Attraction, I, I think is what it was, um, and he, and he talked about something like that where 
you know, giving well, 10% also, and, you know, saving 10% and stuff like that, but uh, just living yeah, also, on less and saving more. Also, Dwayne, Rob Kiyosaki's book, um, uh, there's many of his books that speak about this concept, but uh, the one that he talks about it, I believe it's called Loopholes of the Rich and Famous or Tax Loopholes of the Something. Um, and, you know, anyway, he talks about that. And by the way, it's funny because somehow discovered, and again, I, I admit it clearly that I'm a Trump fan. Um, some people, I remember someone wrote uh, on one of our posts, they wrote, uh, clearly these guys are Republicans. And I'm like, I'm not a Republican. I'm just a fan of Trump. But uh, anyway, long story short, you know, now they're at him now and going like, oh, this guy didn't pay. He, he has 18 years credit in a loss that he had on uh, on his businesses so he doesn't have to pay federal income tax for 18 years. Well, I'm like, but that's that's okay. That's what we try to teach. I try to teach my school owners how to keep and retain as much money as they can by doing it within the law and nothing shady in any way, shape, or form, but following the rules. It's almost like getting mad at someone, and I'm going to use this analogy, and it's a perfect analogy for a baseball player for stealing second base. And then he slides in, and he, he, he's on second, and everyone goes, Look, you know, it was really good that he did that, but he stole second base. You know, I know it's the rules. I know it's within the game, but it's just not right. He was stealing. You know, like, how dare he? You know, and now morally, he's a bad person and all of this stuff. Well, you know, if you didn't do anything wrong and didn't break the law and didn't do anything bad, um, this is where you have to find out how to be an entrepreneur. If you learn how to keep 10% more of your money just because you don't, were doing it wrong before and you're doing it right now, what does that make you, stupid or smart? It makes you smart. So interestingly enough, that's how we look at our businesses. We have to – how we look at it and how we structure it and, and so on. And, um, you know, and put money away is important because if you're not doing it, who's going to do it for you? Yeah, and, you know, one other book that I just want to bring up is uh, – and I can't remember the, uh, the author, but uh, it's called The Millionaire Next Door. Uh, oh, yeah, great, and he great talks book. About, he, yeah, he talks about paying yourself first too. So – um, and, and I think that definitely correlates in with quality of life because you, you, you know, yes, you can block out time and spend time with your family, but you also need to have the peace of mind that you're going to be able to not only currently afford your lifestyle, but later on be able to afford, um, a lifestyle that, that you're going to be able to live with. So, uh, any, and any me, final let, thoughts let, on quality well, yeah, of life I, before I wanna, we hang it up? I, I do. I want to compliment you on something else we talked about before we actually started recording, um, you know, and you and I usually start our call, hey, how was your weekend? What would you do? You know, when you ask me, I ask you. And, you know, you said to me, hey, and, and by the way, I'm going to put this in the level, and you may argue because I know you're uh, very religious, um, and you may say, hey, it might not fall into what I consider this category. But I think of what you did this weekend as quite spiritual. And basically what you did was is that your son had to go to his uh, volleyball game practice or tryouts and you said, I, I got to spend two solid hours just chatting and talking to my wife when we sat at Starbucks and we had quality time together. Now, some people might not think of that as spiritual, but in my mindset, anytime you connect with someone else and you create a level of happiness and, um, you know, you're doing it and sharing in that, I think of it spiritual. I believe that in the Christian religion – um, you know, and, and other many other religions, Buddhism and, you know, Hinduism and, you know, uh, Judaism, they all believe in connecting with another human and, and treating that person and loving that person and caring for that person and nurturing that relationship. So you did that this weekend, and it was just something as simple as spending time and taking that time 
Um, I bet you you could have both been there on your iPhones and chatting and, you know, uh, running here and, hey, let's get some shopping done. Let's go pay those bills. Let's go to the bank. You know, but no, you took that time to just have downtime and quality of time. That, to me, is is a level of spirituality that most people don't really reach is the art of loving yourself and loving the ones that you are around and nurturing that time. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I I, I will say this, too. Um, I agree with you. Uh, it was one one part of our conversation was they I didn't know that they had a guest speaker in, in their school. They had an assembly. She works for a, a high school. And um, they they had a guest speaker in, and he was speaking about goals. Um, and it's funny because he was also talking about regrets. And he gave, like, a bunch of different action plans for different things. Um and it's, I say it's funny because we're actually talking about this topic to a certain degree. Well, anyways, she because you brought up iPhone, she did pull out her iPhone, but it's because she took notes in right. the uh, during the, the the presentation, and we're going through some of these things and we're talking about them, and she's like, you know, um, you know, how do we leave? Because one of the things she was talking about was leaving a legacy and your purpose, and uh, and then another one was right the the top five people that inspire you, uh, write them a thank you letter. And um, she she said to me, she goes, uh, uh, she told me right there, she goes, I'm sorry now that I told you that. I, I, it's going to be kind of awkward for me to write you a letter. She said, but you're the top person that inspires me. And that was and this was, that was worth this the whole was two from, hours there. Was, that, was, that was from your wife, you mean? Yeah, yeah, in our conversation, oh, wow. that two-hour, you know, yeah, they were sitting yeah, dude, in Starbucks, and she—that was yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, it made me feel really, really good. Um, it's nice to know that I even you know inspire my wife, but because uh, I figure you know hopefully I inspire my students and my um, uh, my staff. But to hear that my wife say that that and and I know it sounds like I'm talking about myself, but it was really, really wonderful to hear that. Yeah, and you know what? That's again, this is the thing that I talk about with. Uh, you know, it's not about you talking about yourself. We're sharing our our um, our experiences so other people could understand. You know, I, I was teaching my leadership class this weekend, and 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 this weekend's lesson was to pick ten leaders that they that people that inspire them. And you know, the kids, some of them are young, so you know they don't know who leaders inspire them. So they go and they research it and so on. Inevitably, I'm one of the guys that uh, inspire them because, of course, I'm collecting the homework assignment probably. But um, but the funny thing is, is that uh, most of the kids wrote they love when I tell my stories, you know, like, you know, me going to Japan or this or that. And I said, you know what? Everybody has their own stories. It's just that I've learned in my life to to record them in my mind so that I could retell them to teach others from them. Everyone has those stories. This, even the little kids have those stories. So it's a matter of how we tell retell those stories and be able to shape lives and you know, it's the same exact thing. So, I mean, that, that's just a, a little tidbit of information about how, as a school owner, um, you are impacting people without even knowing it. You And some people will never tell you, but you do change lives on a daily basis. I always say martial artists are like one of the most undiscovered magic jewels on the planet, you know, because um, they, they have changed people's lives for hundreds and hundreds of years, if that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. So, cool. Well, Very I just cool. want to throw this out. Everybody, everybody, just take a look at the, the, at the quality of life that you have right now. Um, we always, always can enhance our quality of life. And if you're doing great, 
Awesome. You know, maybe go through like what Ali said and, and uh, write down the list of things that you don't like uh, in your job or in your life and see what you can do to, to delete those and write down the list of things that you do like and, uh, you know, see how you can enhance those as well. And then we will put a link to um, Ali's book so you can get that for free. Um, and then lastly, you, you can, you know, share this podcast with anybody. Also, if you want to be a subscriber, you can subscribe by going to schoolownertalk.com. And uh, there's uh, Android device um, capability and then also iPhone uh, capability to, uh, to subscribe through iTunes. Allie, thank you very much for your time, sir. I love, love uh, our chat. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Have a great day. <laughs>